I didn't value enough the beauty and the and the safety and the and the importance of my worth and my the need of being good to myself. And so in those ways, you know, it was all from the best intentions, but I didn't put myself first in that equation. And therefore, in some ways, you know, I, I, I started to not belong to myself. Hey everyone, welcome back to On Purpose, the number one health podcast in the world. And I want to say thank you to each and every single one of you that are using this as a resource to learn, to grow, to listen, to deepen your own practices every single week. Now, this is the first time ever that I'm recording a audio-only Zoom conversation, naturally because of the environment that we're in right now. But I have to say that I couldn't have done it with anyone else. I'm genuinely so deeply grateful and excited for this interview. I've been waiting to do it for a long, long time. And I'm so excited to be talking to you today. I can't believe it. My new book, Eight Rules of Love, is out and I cannot wait to share it with you. I am so, so excited for you to read this book, for you to listen to this book. I read the audiobook. If you haven't got it already, make sure you go to eightrulesoflove.com. It's dedicated to anyone who's trying to find, keep, or let go of love. So if you've got friends that are dating, broken up, or struggling with love, make sure you grab this book. And I'd love to invite you to come and see me for my global tour, Love Rules. Go to jshettytour.com to learn more information about tickets, VIP experiences, and more. I can't wait to see you this year. And our guest, as you already know, is none other than Alicia Keys. Now, I know she needs no introduction, but she deserves one, so I'm going to share it. A 15-time Grammy award-winning artist, songwriter, musician, producer, accomplished actress, a New York Times best-selling author, a film, television, and Broadway producer, and an entrepreneur, and a powerful force in the world of activism. And what really blows me away about Alicia is how she shares her soul and energy in the world. And today we're going to be speaking about her book, More Myself. And trust me, I've been going through the pages of this book and it is without a doubt a work of art. So Alicia, thank you so much for taking our time to do this. Thank you for being here. And I'm so grateful to do this with you. Same. Oh, thank you for those beautiful words and and for everything that you represent as well. It's really powerful. And I think we're we're kindred spirits and we're on similar trajectories and paths. So I'm super excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. I feel that way too. We have a lot of mutual friends and I'm excited for the day I finally get to meet you and give you a big hug when we're allowed. And and yeah, I'm really looking, <laughs> really looking forward to that. But I wanted to start, I wanted to start off just by sharing how when I'm going through this book, to me, this is so much more than a book. For me, it felt like a healing. It felt like a meditation and a reflection in and of itself. It's, it's not a memoir. It's not just an autobiography. It was really a experience for me as I was reading it. I really felt like I was there with you and I felt so connected to you in the vulnerability and the intimacy of the book. And I just wonder from when you were creating this book and when you were going on this journey of self-discovery, what was it like as you were writing each page and reliving? Because that's what I think is so fascinating here is I really felt like you had to relive all these moments. What was that experience like? Yeah, I have to say that that's exactly... It was so fortunate to be able to go back and reflect on you know, just who you are and who you were and how that plays into who you're becoming and all these things. Because I think, like me, rarely do you have the time or the space or the moment or the bravery even to do that, you know, to look back and to... um really ask yourself and and think about these moments in your life that have been character building and life changing or even light diminishing or 
enhancing or however it happens, because we all go through a hundred different experiences that give us the, the things that we need at the time that we need them. And, and I just think that I would have never, prob- I would have never taken this time to do that. And I assume that many of us don't. And so, and that's just because of life, how it goes. We're usually going forward. We're not spending too much time going back or looking back. And so I thought this was really a gift for sure in that way of being able to do that and to carve out the time to do that and then to meet myself again in those different places and to, you know, realize why that then has helped me to be who I am right in this moment. So it's super deep and layered and it, it, it but it was quite difficult and also exciting and scary and uncomfortable and you know all those things that come up yeah i want you to know that i'm smiling cheek to cheek right now like i'm just hearing you speak and and go through all of it and when i'm hearing you say that i'm intrigued by i love i love the language you use i love the name of the book and i love how you discuss this relationship you have with yourself and i love what you talked about of meeting yourself again i i wonder what meeting of yourself through the writing of this book brought you the most joy, like re-meeting that part of yourself or maybe even reconstructing that memory? What was the one that gave you the greatest joy? Oh, re-meeting my, oh gosh. Um, which part, you know, which part of me re-meeting myself brought me the, the, the greatest joy? I think, you know, some different parts surely have all of that inside of it. But one of the ones that stand, stand out to me and something that I've been thinking about is I found that when I, when I re-met like, you know, 18, 19-year-old Alicia, um, she really didn't have the time yet or the opportunity yet to become doubtful, I'll say. Like, you know, yeah, uh, you know, of course, of course, we all go through different moments in our life and and we surely feel doubt and insecurity and all those things. And that's supernatural. But I think she had like that 19 year old Alicia had a certain confidence about her that was really sure. She knew what she didn't want. She knew who she didn't want to be. She wasn't trying to trying to been too much to be that person that other people might have thought would do better for her because she was very, 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 very clear. And she hadn't yet had the taste of, 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 uh, acknowledgement to, 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 to then start to change or to feel the need to please or whatever happens. I think sometimes when in different parts of our life, we find ourselves in. And for me, I think after, after that time, some of me changed in a way. And I realized that now I've found my way back to where I was then. And I found that to be so interesting because in a way I started out more clearly myself and then maybe lost my way through the middle. Uh, Yeah. Interesting. And then have found that I've been able to find my way back. And and when I look when I look at myself today, and I'm like, oh okay, uh, I realize I'm most close to the original me, which was probably, you know, right before everything started to pick up, take off, you know, success and things like that. And so that's that's to me really really interesting, an interesting revelation, and that makes me smile because in a way I kind of already had it. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, that's, that's, that's so funny, isn't it? When you realize that, it's, it's crazy to think that it's almost a process of unlearning and rewiring and, and reconnecting back to who we were or what we knew and letting go of all the noise and the layers. Dirt. And you talk about, in, in part one of the book, you talk about and you say this, and, and when you say it through the story you share, it's so powerful when you talk about, I no longer belong to myself. Mm. And, and when you said that, and, and what you're sharing around that space, the question I had is, when, when people say the phrase, don't sell your soul to achieve mm. your dream, 
how do you interpret that now? Like, how do you interpret that in context of you saying, I no longer belong to myself? Mm, you know, I think when you, when you hear that phrase, don't sell your soul, you automatically assume that it has to do with financially right? Mm -hmm. You automatically assume that, you know, okay, you know, people might offer you some absorbent amount of money and to, to do all these things that maybe you don't want to do. And, and so automatically you kind of think financially don't sell your soul, literally don't sell it for Mm -hmm. a certain number, which is a great guiding light. And I agree with that as well. Cause I think that a lot of times when I'm making choices that have a financial incentive, a lot of the times I'll ask myself, if all the money was off the table, do you want to do this? If you had to do this for free tomorrow, would you be passionate about it? And to me, that's like the equalizing space and question that really makes sure that your soul and spirit and heart is in the right place, you know, and that you actually are in love with something, you know? So, Mm -hmm. so, but, but, Going back to the point, that's not the point. I digress. The point of <laughs> it's beautiful. Keep was, keep doing it. Be free flow. Beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> the point of what you asked was, yeah. So I think when I now when I hear "Don't sell your soul," I don't think so much financially. I think more spiritually because there is like there is a a, a wealth and a richness that you have by protecting the beauty of who you are and your sanity and your wellness and the specialness of who you are. And each of us are special in this really beautiful one of a kind way. And a lot of the times I think you will find and I found that in order to maybe ensure that this dream that I've always had could be be real or be obtainable or continue on or whatever, I, I, didn't value enough the beauty and the and the safety and the and the importance of my worth and and wow. and my and my the need of being good to myself and so in those ways that's why I didn't belong to myself because I started to want to do things from the best intentions, by the way, I I did it because I I wanted good things to come from it. I wanted people to be happy. I thought it would make people feel good. You know, it was all from the best intentions, but I didn't put myself first in that equation. And therefore, in some ways, you know, I, I, I started to not belong to myself. Yeah, I think that's a beautiful distinction you've made there between selling your soul usually being a financial reference or, you know, I I think you're spot on. That's what we usually think. We go, okay, that means I'm not going to sell out financially. What you brought about is so much more of an existential, spiritual question. And and I think that that's a really beautiful distinction that that not a lot of people make. And and it almost feels like the one you're more tested on. And Mm. that's actually harder to maintain because you may still be able to stick to your passion. But I'm fascinated that since you were four years old, there were two constants I noticed in your life. So one was, and I I wanted to share both of them because I think both I admire in different ways. One of them was you say you knew that one day you'd be a singer and you knew that in your gut since you were four. And, And I'm fascinated by how you not knew that because I think you're right. I think when we're younger, we do know things. But what I'm intrigued by is what made you trust your intuition at that age? Because I think when we're young, we're mm. malleable and moldable and we're more go along with what society or family or friends or noise tells us. But you knew, but what was it that helped you continue to commit and follow that? Mm. Um, I didn't feel that you know, I think that back to this similar theme about like, we kind of start out knowing the truth and Mm -hmm. then we start learning the lies and the lies start to get in the way and start to make it really, or inheriting the lies maybe. And, you know, and, and again, it's not because somebody actually lied to us. It's because they just told us what they knew and what they knew was probably not really the truth either. And each person has their own truth anyway. 
And so it really doesn't matter what other people tell you because you have to find your own truth and each, each person's truth is different. And so I think that at that four-year-old place, I was very, very clear. I was super clear. I didn't have that interference yet. I didn't have that kind of societal oppression yet because I was just so pure and so, you know, open. And my mother has always been a performer. And I remember us doing like, there were these cute little talent shows at at my little (laughs) kindergarten and we would perform together and we'd practice these different routines and it'd be me and her and and she's such a, you know, she's such a performer and she's always, you know, had such a passion for the arts. And that's what she came to New York to do. And, you know, so in so many ways, I've always said that I, I am her dream manifested in <laughs> some way. And, and so, and so she always had that spirit to her. And, and I think because that was her dream as well, she was excited when she saw that spark in me too, you know? And so we just were a good match, you know, we just were a good match. So, so I think it wasn't until later that I started to get out of that, you know, sweet, innocent, that really, I think where the truth lives, um, just because, you know, you start meeting more people and you start being more exposed to different things. And, and then maybe you start the doubt creeps in or the fear creeps in or the, you know, whatever else comes in to try to un- unseat us. But in that four-year-old space, I definitely knew and there was no doubt. And I'm clear, <laughs> I'm clear about that. Yeah. And I love what you said there. We, we start with the truth and then we learn the lies. We inherit the lies, inherit the lies. I think that's such a, a beautiful statement. It's poetic, but it's so true as well. And the, the other constant that I noticed in your life as I was reading through the pages was your friendship with Erica since you were four. Mm, and, and, yeah. and when I saw that, I'm blown away by anyone who can have a friendship that lasts the changes of life, the seasons of life, the, the ups and downs of life, like, and you work together, right? Yes. Yeah. And, and so, so many seasons. There's yeah, so, so many seasons. How do, you, how do you maintain a friendship through that time since four years old, someone who's known you your, your whole life, basically? Like, tell me, tell me what that's like through the journey you've had of maintaining a friend who's been a part of your life the whole way. Yeah, you know, I think it was quite natural. You know, we we knew each other from very young and and just because we our fam, you know, her her family lived in the building that I lived in and so that's how we kind of connected and met and then we and then we had similar trajectory just meeting up in that way and then we were reintroduced to each other um later when she was in college and 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 our her uncle Norman was the one that said, you know, Hey, Erica is doing music and I know you're doing music and maybe you guys can connect. And so we reconnected because we already knew each other. And, and then we realized how much we understood each other, which I think is so rare. You know, it's like, I can literally count on my one hand, the amount of people that actually understand me. And I'm sure that, and that I understand them. And there's like a real, a real connection there that that's, that's so genuine and pure. So, so, you know, you, when that happens, you know that it's rare and it's special. And so from there, we just continued to conversate and, and she was, you know, really smart and finishing college. And I was just about to embark on this whole crazy world and touring and, you know, and, 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 and it just, the timing was just as it was meant to be. And so then we start, we transition from kind of Oh, the friend only to the friend and colleague and growing together in this, in this space. And it was very comforting for me because I, it was nice for me to have somebody that I knew and trusted and felt, you know, close to my age and to my experience and that type of thing. And so it just was all timing, man, you know? So I think that for most of it, it was quite easy, uh, you know, as I think the best relationships are, you don't, have to, I mean, sure, all relationships take work to maintain, to understand, to have the, you know, communication that's necessary for them. But I think the best relationships are always quite easy and fluid. And so that was, that was one of them. Oh, yeah, that's interesting. You say that the best relationships are generally meant to flow naturally. Like, it's almost like it doesn't, it shouldn't have to be incredibly hard work. 
Right. Yeah. That's, that's, that's what, what I find. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's beautiful. It's a, it's a nice way to look at it because I almost feel like we're programmed as humans to believe like if we're working harder for something, then it's more important. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like we kind oh of. Oh my gosh! I know? so understand that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like we feel like that. We feel like if I'm not working hard, then it can't be worth it. Like we have oh. that conditioning, that that storytelling in our mind. And so sometimes I feel like people stay in relationships because it's harder work and they wear that as the badge of honor. And we see that as like, we've achieved something today. Oh my gosh. It's so, no, you're so right. And in fact, in the, you know, more recently have I truly, truly, like in the past four years, to be honest, have I truly said like, if it's not flowing, I'm not doing it. Because I had to finally understand that it's like this whole idea is dri- swimming upstream and this whole idea yes. of like, it's just the most difficult thing ever. And, and, and yet we still fight for it and fight for it and fight for it. I did that for so long, for so long. And, and finally I realized like, wait, if it's not flowing, it's not flowing for a reason. <laughs> Yeah, but it's quite hard. It's quite hard because even, you know, but I listen, even to, you know, two months ago when I was preparing for the Grammys, I had, I had, you know, the, the hosting, um, all of my ideas for that. And this one very particular idea that I had was absolutely not coming to life. And I could not let it go. I could not. I kept fighting and pushing and finding another way and I'm going to find it and I won't give up on it. And I kept on, and I kept on, and I kept on. And I, I, you know, here I was telling myself previously that, you know, you know, if it, if it doesn't flow, just let it go. But here I was back in that, <laughs> you know, this is worth it. I'm going to fight for it. I'm going to find it. This, they won't defeat me. I'm here. I'm going to do it. I mean, and, and finally it took my husband one night. He was like, Alicia, I am watching you and, and this thing is consuming you. I mean, you can't even think about anything else because all you're working on so hard is this thing that it's obviously not coming together. I think you should let it go. And he finally had to bring me back to like my own promise to myself. <laughs> yeah, well, it's, it's so crazy that you touched on that because I'd actually taken an excerpt out of the book that I wanted to, to read to the audience because it, it, just, it just really, like it was like a punch in the gut when I was reading it in a good way. And it it was exactly this piece. So this is reading from the book, more myself. And Alicia says, oh, wait, I'm going to find the exact piece that I love. Here we go. So (laughs) sorry, it would be much better in your voice, but I'm reading it out because I've picked it. But it's uh, at the time, I wouldn't have described it that way, nor did I truly understand that there was a flow with my name on it. But from this side of life, I can see how every moment, every experience, every pivot, even my supposed missteps have been life's way of getting me where I have always been meant to go. Rather than resisting the current, I've learned to surrender. Uh, And, you know, I I thought that was absolutely beautiful. So I guess my question there is like, how do you bat? Because I I agree with you on both sides and I see both in myself too. And and I want to learn from you here. How, How do you know when too much is too much for yourself. And I don't mean as a principle, I mean as a principle for you. How do you know when it's worth the fight? Because there are times in this book where you have to stand up for your values. You had to believe in what you're doing. And there are times where you're like, actually I just have to surrender. How do you find that balance between those two places? Man, uh, I still struggle with that constantly. Me too. To be honest. You know, I, I, Sometimes I'm so clear and I know, yeah, you know, this isn't it. And I I have to let it go. It's better to let it go. Sometimes I'm so clear. And a lot of times I, I, it takes me quite a while. And I find myself, like I just explained, you know, uh, having to remember and relearn what I thought I already knew. And I thought I already knew I didn't want to fight or have to go against the flow, you know. Um, So sometimes it's quite clear. And sometimes it's not, it's not as clear to me. And I guess that's okay. You know, that's okay. But I know that if I'm, if I feel it, if I'm, if I'm feeling, I know I definitely have learned to trust really much more that, that, that 
sensation in the gut, you know, that thing that kind of just really tells you mm. no, yeah. you know, or, or yes, you know, whatever, <laughs> whatever it is. I've definitely learned to pay a lot more attention to that. And that, that is a part of the, the piece of what you're asking. Like, how do you know when it's, when it's enough or, you know, what's your own personal kind of barometer there. But, you know, I think that, I think that that's per that's personally something that I'm I'm constantly working through to really drop into my to what I know to be true and you know because I think we're all around so much noise and we're around so many damn opinions like mm-hmm. lord the amount of opinions it's like how do you navigate yourself through all the opinions because part of it is great it's wonderful to have these different perspectives and it feeds you and you kind of can see it from different points of view and that's really great but then there's another part of it that it can just become so noisy so to drop into that space in your gut that literally like if you don't feel it you do know you don't feel it you do know that and yeah. you can try to convince I'm good at I'm a good convincer I try to convince myself that I feel <laughs> it and I try to explain in myself and I try to rationalize myself but I do know when it's not when I'm not feeling it, and so I'm learning much better to just be comfortable with that and to know that that's for a reason. And even if I don't understand that reason right now, there's a reason why it's not feeling right, and to really just trust that. Yeah, no, absolutely, and and I appreciate your honesty with that. It is such a hard thing to know, and that's why I asked you because I think we we all struggle with that in in in. Where the book gets gets you know starts to get really uh, just where where you just open up even more and you get such an intimate look into how you've got to where you are today and the relationships in your life. In in one of the chapters, you talk about your relationship with Carrie, and and what I find fascinating about that is just how you're able to understand how different people come into your life for different reasons, and you talk about how women and men, but we choose someone, you know, you talk about women specifically, you talk about you choose someone that's either like your father or not like your father, right? Like that mm. kind of like extreme. And, yeah. and a lot of people can relate to that. And, you know, me, me and my wife often talk about that. We talk about the similar traits we have to our parents and how I compliment some of those things that she loves in her father or, you know, the differences that we have. And, and we start to see that. Tell, tell me what you were able to learn from, from these different people in your life at different times that, that helped you with the relationship you have now, right? You've got two beautiful kids and you're happily married. Like what were the things that you learned that helped you build the relationship you have now? Oh man. And just overall with anyone and everyone? Oh, where, wherever specifically? You, wherever you want to go with it, wherever, wherever you feel comfortable to go with it. So what so so what situations or what relationships have shown me or, or helped me to get to where I am now where I'm able to have a really healthy, you know, just loving reciprocal yeah. relationship is kind of what yeah, you mean. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, what I mean is sorry if I'm not explaining myself. Well, what I, what I mean is that when you talk about your relationship with Kerry and you talk about, you know, how you feel that how he was brought into your life to teach you certain things. So mm-hmm, I'm, mm-hmm, I'm fascinated mm-hmm. by what some of those lessons were and how they continue to be useful in your life now. Oh my gosh. Yes. So, I mean, the biggest one that definitely, and it's just so incredible. And, and again, back to that self-reflection and, and back to that, being able to look, you know, look at it from this clear vantage point. Now it's so apparent what Carrie and I were brought together to create and, and, and what he was brought to teach me was very, very, very important, deep stuff. And I, and I know one of the stories that I share in the book is, um, you know, I, like, like I said, we inherit all these things and I, I had this habit of, uh, that my mother is, she does all the time. And she, it's kind of like this, this self-deprecating thing. That I guess <laughs> is like a little bit of, you know, it's a little bit of like takes the weight off and kind of maybe it's sort of a joke, but it's actually, you know, just, uh, you know, and, and I would do this thing that I picked up from her where I would say, well, you know, my luck, you know, <laughs> and it was, it was almost like, 
it's almost like protection so that if everything, if something didn't go right, I already knew that that was okay. You know, and, and well, cause you know, my luck. So, that's <laughs> probably, you know, it was like a disclaimer or something. And, and I didn't even know I was doing that. And I didn't even realize I was doing it. And it become just like, uh, it became just a habitual thing that I would say. And so we'd be talking and I was like, well, cause you know, my luck and that. And he was like, why do you say that? And I was like, what? And he was like, why do you, what is making you say that? And I was like, what are you talking about? It's like, it's not even that serious. What are you talking about? And he really pointed out to me that, you know, by me using those words, I was basically asking the universe to give me bad luck. Mm. Mm, yeah. Because I was saying that, well, since I was claiming that my luck was not good, yeah, and I was doing it in a joking manner that I thought was that I had picked up, so I didn't think it was a big deal, but in actuality, it was blocking me. Mm. And I mean, I was probably at the time like sixteen. Wow! And I was able to receive that message so loud and clear, you know, from him. And I know that it changed the trajectory because I started to learn early the power of words and how what you say is definitely a million percent what you're going to get. I mean, and so I didn't know that. And, and so when he opened my eyes to that, it really changed a lot for me. Mm-hmm. And so, so things like that, he really, you know, he gave me those kind of gifts and, and, and it really helped to shape a lot of my, you know, um, the way that I looked at things and the way that I started to say things and, and what I would remove from my vocabulary or just remove from, from the things that I had learned, you know, before him. So it's so, there's so much that he shared with me and taught me that I know has contributed to um, my, you know, my mindset, my, the way I see things. Yeah, that's beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. It's when, when you talk about it in the book and you talk about just how it's, it's shocking to me because the things that you're talking about, and then I look at how old you are in that section. I'm like, what? No way. Like, you know, it's, it's almost like that there, there's so much wisdom in your soul and you're, you're so mature. And then at the same time, you're reflecting so deeply at, you know, choices or decisions that, you saw leading you the wrong way. And it's so interesting just to see that juxtaposition of, of just rechecking. I'm like, oh, wow, you're only 16 then. You know, it's, and, and there's so mm. much life experience there. And, and one of the things I love about the book that I think has been done beautifully is you have these short notes at the beginning of some of the chapters from people in your life, like your father, your, you know, sound engineers, like so many different roles. And yeah. I think those could be an incredible window into the scenario and situation when I'm reading it. And I, and I was wondering how, you know, because I think this is such a common thing for so many people, like as they grow up, their relationship with their parents either strengthens or weakens. H- how did this process help you heal your relationship or, or further or deepen your relationship with your parents of, of, you know, going through this process of reflecting on all of this again? Or how has that journey taken place for you through your spiritual growth? Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, I think in so many ways, in, in, in a lot of ways, um, it's done so much of that, so much of that. Even hearing the stories that my mother shared and realizing her perspective and realizing how things must have been for her during these different times, you know, especially when she talks about kind of you know, choosing to have me and, you know, it wasn't the, it wasn't the kind of traditional scenario when she got pregnant and it was, she wasn't kind of on the trajectory to marry my father. And it just, mm-hmm. it wasn't, you know, it wasn't the, you know, what we are told is kind of the way things are supposed to happen. It, it didn't happen like that. And, and that could have been really, really difficult for her. And, and surely it was. And, and she had to make some really hard choices. And so just hearing kind of her perspective and her story and, but then still understanding that regardless, she, in essence, you know, chose me, she chose me, mm, you know, absolutely. that, that is what, uh, that is 
like things like that, just as a daughter, you don't, I mean, of course, if you step back, of course, your parents, I guess, choose you because once they choose to go forward, they chose you and they're going <laughs> to stick it out for good, bad or indifferent. But as a daughter, you don't think like that. Like you don't really think like that. And and so to have those moments now on this side um, and also being a mother and understanding like the weight of what that actually means is it, it, it just deepened my respect and my, you know, love for her so, so much, which I don't even know how that can get any deeper because she's literally my one and only. Like, <laughs> she's truly, you know, in regards to consistency and actually being there for me for real, it's her and that's it, you know? So she, so, but to learn more about that and her, you know, doubts and insecurities and and things she had to overcome really just brought me closer to her I think just as a woman you know as a woman mm. so that that was that's really cool and really powerful and and then and then for my father as well you know we've definitely been on a a deep um a deep journey to understand our relationship and and it's taken many incarnations and it's taken many turns and taken me many places that have had to do with anger and rage and worthlessness and and many many emotions and and even and 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 even you know moving towards gratitude and and definitely like a deeper understanding of his journey and his difficulties and what he's had to endure and experience and and his upbringing and you know he also was raised by his mother only and he didn't really have he had a he had a he had a father figure in my grandfather who my grandmother married later on you know what i mean mm-hmm. but in regards to like him having a father figure you know how does one learn how to be a father when yeah. you're just born knowing how to be a father like how do you how do you know so how true. do you know so so or how does one learn how to be a mother you know same so it's just it's just so deep in, in this kind of this kind of place of empathy and yeah. understanding and really, you know, as opposed to just only seeing everything from your view and your perspective, I think that's what I, that's what it's given me the most of being able to see it from multiple perspectives and multiple views. And to your point, even those intro chapters and things like that create another perspective of how to look at it and how to see it. And ultimately that's our experience, I think is how we see it is the experience we have with it. So it's been really, really dope and great <laughs> and, and beautiful. And, you know, my father and I are really in a very wonderful place and closer than we've ever been and, and, and really able to be friends and just like humans and without all of the extra attachments or without all the extra, uh, what do I want to call it? It's almost like the pictures were painted that we assume we're supposed to live up to and and then we hold each other to these images of what it's supposed to be but we each have to create what it is and you know hey you might not be the daddy that was in my life at four years old and threw me up on your shoulders and walked around and and then tucked me in the bed at night that might not have been of our experience but that doesn't mean that our experience isn't valuable and that our experience isn't special too in the way that it was meant to unfold. So that, that empathy has definitely come through in a lot of ways. And, um, and, and I love that this book has assisted that. Wow. That, yeah, that's so powerful to hear that, that the, the pictures and the visions that we like our fiction writing brains create of mm. what it should look like and what it should feel like. And then you start realizing that no one has what it should feel like or look like. Like it doesn't really exist and that our experience yeah. is different. And what I'm hearing you say also is when, when we develop the emotional skills our parents didn't have, that's when we realize how hard it is, right? Like it's, it's almost like there's an expectation of your parents to be a certain way. But then when you try and become that yourself, you realize how hard it is to gain those qualities and, and, and those perspectives. Does that make sense? Yes. 
Absolutely, that does. That does, man. And you're a mother now, so you know you must see it from that perspective again, like almost like a the 180 flip of of being in that situation and seeing that in your children. It's oh man, that yeah, no, that that's definitely a a mind trip. It's really interesting, and I think the biggest the biggest part for me comes back to what we talked about already with the unlearning yeah. and the, you know, just the, the, what the truth is for you and, um, and just really recognizing what it is that you want to bring for toward them, for them, you know, what, what do you want to let go of even in yourself? Because I think there's constantly, that's one of my favorite things about being a parent is that they're teaching me so much about what I want to let go of and what I what I no longer want to bring forth, you know? And and that is so interesting and crazy. And so it's it's something else. <laughs> yeah, it's it's always nice hearing that about how much I don't have kids yet. We don't have kids yet. So we haven't we haven't had that gift in our life yet. But to to hear that from your perspective of how much you're learning back from them is, is phenomenal. And I know that my, my community loves hearing about how relationships form, especially partners and husbands, wives, or marriages or, or partnerships of any, any form. And what, what I found fascinating was that you and your husband actually go way back, but it's funny to read that you were actually turned off by him because of how flashy he was and the fact that he'd <laughs> brag about completing a beat in 10 minutes uh, and, and by the way i've been a big fan of his beats for a very long time <laughs> music too so i was kind of like oh, i you know it's it's tough this way so what tipped the scales in his favor like what was it that that allowed you to, to recognize that this was the person you wanted to be with? oh it was i like it was so interesting it's such a journey because you know like you said and we talk about it. I actually love the story of us in the book a lot because yeah. it really, I think, comes through really purely as to the experience. And um, and 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 we've known each other for so long, um, you know, since we were like fifteen and fourteen, and we've seen each other through these different incarnations in our lives, and we've watched each other become successful without even really, you know, not, you know, we knew each other in the sense of we'd met in these different places and we, of course, were happy for each other's success, but, you know, it, it was kind of in passing in so many ways. And so I, I found that with him, I, I really was quite judgmental about him, <laughs> like, <laughs> which is something that I think we do like as humans, you know, we just are super judgmental about a person and you know and and so i i always had this idea about what i thought that he was in my mind mm-hmm. and and that particular thought that i thought that he was was something that i didn't find to be something i wanted to really get to know more of or you know i i, I didn't i thought it was to your point to, like i wrote quite flashy very over the top very kind of obnoxious ostentatious it was completely the antithesis of what I, who I believe I am, or who I believed I was, and 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 just what I, the energy that I carried, and so I was always so like, ah, oh, there he goes again, and like, he can't just have a fancy car; he has to have the white family, right? <laughs> you know. He can't just have like a really nice chain; he has to have like five diamond chains. Like, it was just like so over the top and so much. So I drew these conclusions about him. And every time that I um, connected with him, I was always like, wow, he's so cool. Like, huh? I didn't realize how cool he was. And I'd always be introduced to the real him because as we do a lot, you know, we, we, we judge each other and assume that we know something about people and we don't. And, and so it wasn't until that I actually started to communicate with him or converse with him that, uh, then I started to, I was like, wow, he, he's, he's quite interesting. He's, like, <laughs> he, he's, he's always thinking about something that's so interesting. And so that it was, it was, it was that it was the, the actual getting to know him and really just the peeling away the layers of what I assumed and actually getting to know the spirit of the person. And I think that when I look at it from now, you know, um, and I look and I look, I, I know 
for a fact that the universe and God definitely knew what they were doing when they brought <laughs> us together because uh, it's completely this. We both have what each other didn't have before us. Mm-hmm. And so there's this beautiful thing where he's taught me so much about like greatness and bigness and being unafraid of this 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 enormousness that we have within us and mm-hmm. you don't have to be afraid of it you don't have to not step into your five diamond chains now you might express that in a different way and you might want to express that brilliance and brightness in another way but you don't have to be afraid to express it. You don't have to hold it back and repress it. You don't have to not want wonderful things for yourself. You don't have to be afraid of anything, not your wealth in any capacity, not the wealth of the love that you have that you want to give, not the wealth of the ideas that you have that you want to create, not the wealth financially that you want to be able to have and give and share. You do not have to hold it back. Mm. And I only held everything back until I met him. And he was a really, really big teacher to me about how to walk into my greatness and not apologize for it. And, and it was, and it's really deep. It's really deep and really amazing. And I'm so grateful for it. And I've also given him a sense of grounding and a sense of deepening and a sense of really looking at things from, a. a a, a, a more expressive place or a more, you know, intimate place. Cause, cause I'm more internal and he's more external. And so it's, it's really, uh, it's really been so special to witness the way that we were both obviously meant to bring each other this energy. And so we complement each other so beautifully and, and it continues to be that way. I'm, and I'm so blessed for that. Yeah, I'm so glad you shared that because I feel like in this in this online dating world or you know social media dating world that we missed, I, I often find that people are judged so quickly and we make decisions over whether we could or could not have a future with someone so instantly. And it's almost like you you guys wouldn't have been together if it was just based on that initial mm-hmm. or that initial and, and then like you're saying like you can see the greater reason for you come together you can see the abundant life that you've been empowered to live for yourself through through both of you coming together and it's incredible to think it wouldn't have happened because of an initial judgment and uh, one of the parts i love is where you talk about this so it says you know that uh, your husband said for years that you wouldn't take your wedding ring off even after he presented you with an upgrade. And I, <laughs> and I quote, that's Alicia for you, less is more. And, and you know, so I was like, but, so it seems like you've, you're still, you've still stayed to that. Like less is still more for you. Yeah. But you've, been, you've been able to appreciate more, right? That's, that's kind of what I'm hearing. Yeah, I'm, I'm still who I am. Yeah. And I am, I am a person that does prefer simplicity. I realize, you know, it just feels better for me. Mm. Um, but I also have learned to appreciate, and within that simplicity, to yeah. find to, that 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 the simplicity doesn't mean I have to want nothing for myself as well. You know, it's like mm. a it's like a beautiful line. You know, but so yes, there's a much more I think a, a, a much better balance. Although still at my heart, that's the type of girl woman that I am I'm a I'm a quite simple person <laughs> I love that one of the big things that you see in, in your life that shift is your experience in in Egypt and when you returned to New York from Egypt you, your whole team noticed that you you changed you shifted and you go on to say that you started using the single most powerful word a pleaser can ever speak and that's no, right? And, and I think so many of us today have a challenge with that word in, in so many areas of our life. Tell me what the experience was in Egypt that led to, led to you getting that confidence. Because I think for a lot of us, it's just we're not giving ourselves the permission to say no because we don't want to let others down, because we mm-hmm. want to be seen as good people and caring people. 
tell me about the importance of using that word and how it's changed things for you. Oh my gosh. So <laughs> it's so important, man. And it's like, you know, we just, we associate so much guilt with looking out for ourselves, you know, and I don't know why we do this. Like, well, we're so comfortable to make sure that we're doing all the best things and the right things for everybody else. For that, it feels like you're, 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 you know, you're completely in the right, in the, in your rightness. But when it comes to looking out for what's best for you, we are so guilt ridden about it. And I think it's just, I am so finished and done with that. I I just, I would really like to rewrite that whole story. It is whack and it's not real. And I don't know what it is. And I don't know who told it. And I don't know if it's like women like really deal with this even more difficultly than men. I don't know. I'm not a man. I can't speak for men. All I know is whoever feels like how I feel in this place where we suddenly are racked with guilt when it has to do with protecting or taking care of yourself. I want to rewrite that narrative because it's just awful and so and and it's totally counterintuitive and counterproductive and it's just kind of totally stupid and I don't even use that word I don't I don't like that word but in this case <laughs> it's relevant <laughs> it's, it's relevant in this case and 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 so I think that you know that trip to Egypt was definitely a really big big marker in in my journey to start to understand what it is that felt good for me and how to build things around me that, um, that, that makes it, uh, build things around me that, that, that feel right and feel good and, and be okay with the change that has to come naturally. Like nothing can just continue on forever and ever. It would, it wouldn't even work. So, so that, that trip was a big part of me arriving to the place where I could finally start to say no. And and that definitely took a long time and much, much more after that before I actually got the hang of it and before I even understood why it was so valuable and so important. But um, but I think I started to recognize just the the things that were happening in my life that that I needed to let go of. And and that was the beginning of me recognizing this pleasing tendency that I was carrying with me, um, that I, that I, that it was time to start shifting away from. Mm, yeah. It's so powerful hearing you share that. And I, I know a lot of people listening right now will get so much strength from that because you're right, men, men and women, and, and maybe women more like struggle with saying no. And I think we struggle with our work. We struggle within our relationships. We struggle with it in, in our families. There's so many places that we struggle with it. That, that it's such an important skill and habit to learn and, and be able to become comfortable with ourselves and, and, and making that space for ourselves. So I think, I think you're going to give a lot of people a lot of strength hearing you talk it through and calling it stupid. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's, I, I totally get where you're going with that. You, you say that in life, we don't get what we are. Sorry, in life, we don't get what we ask for we get what we believe. And I, I thought that that statement was so powerful when I read it. I'm going to read it again, guys, because it, it may sound like something you've heard before, but it's not. So, so listen to it carefully. In life, we don't get what we ask for. We get what we believe. And when I, when I read that, I just thought, you know, that's, that's so true because there's such an asking movement and manifesting movement and, you know, just asking for things from the universe. God, whatever, whatever anyone has a belief in. I, I'm intrigued by when you came to that realization mm. and what you're believing right now. So how did you get to that realization? And then what, what are you believing right now? Oh, oh my gosh. How do you sorry, we're that? going there today, Alicia. I'm Ooh, sorry. <laughs> it's so good. It is so good. And man, um, how do you, I just, I just have seen so clearly and even up to quite recently, you know, that even I was, I was operating from these places that 
I didn't recognize my value. Mm. And I thought that that was humility. Wow. But I was wrong. And it's absolutely not humility to not recognize your value. It's, it's, it's issues with self-worth and it's issues with, you know, things that we all have inside of us that we definitely have to pay attention to and think about and work on and practice all the time. To this day, I have to practice saying, I deserve this. I am meant to have this special moment and I do not have to feel like, you know, I was doing this thing where I would, uh, you know, say, I don't need that. Similar to that thing that I did when Kerry told me, why do you say you know my luck? It was just a different version of it. <laughs> it was like a more evolved version of it where I was you know, I was saying, no, I don't, I don't need it to be too complicated. It's cool. I'm just simple. I'm just, I, I just need it easy. And I don't need much, just a little this and a little that. And I was, I was telling the universe that I didn't need much. <laughs> and there's a difference. Yes. A difference between you know, recognizing that you're content and, and telling the universe you don't need much. Because mm. once again, I was blocking off the blessings. I was blocking off my uh, potential to reach a greater greatness. And, and I realized, man, look how blessed I am to have reached so many beautiful plateaus and places and and amazing spaces and still I am struggling with the belief that I deserve more and and when I talk about deserving more I'm not talking about financially deserving more which I deserve that as well by the way and I really <laughs> encourage us I encourage us to not be afraid of financial success I really do I think that that's also another fallacy that that's another narrative we've thought that somehow there's something to be ashamed of by achieving you know any number of things we might achieve so i just i just so but that's not what i mean what i mean is like the the greatest visions that i have yet to vision for myself the greatest visions i've yet to envision for the planet the greatest the the greatest contributions that I have yet to, to actualize all these things. If I'm telling myself, I don't need much, how can I reach those unimaginable places? Mm -hmm. And, and so, and so that's what I meant when I was saying that it's not the experience is belief. Because what you believe you deserve, what you believe who you are, that's how you walk into a room. And that's how you speak to that person and the words that you use to them that, that you feel you belong there with them or you don't. And we all belong there. You know, I don't just belong there. We all belong there. And in this, in this highest, greatest space that we have yet to imagine because it's that big. We might not even be able to see it yet. And that's and that's what I want to, that's what I want to feel. So I don't want to say any longer that I don't need much. I need the greatest version of myself that I can possibly manifest so that I can be the greatest version of myself for the entire planet. And that is what we deserve. So well said. So, so beautiful. So powerful. So, so amazing to hear you say that. I can resonate with it so much because I talk so often about how I grew up in, in, a, in the rhetoric of I always had just enough and I always had just enough. Mm. And, and, and it was always about just enough, which meant you never had enough because it was just enough, right? It was just. And it ended up leading to so many challenges in so many areas of my life where you end up not realizing that there's a difference between selfishness. There's a difference between sufficiency. 
And then there's a difference with service. And, and that's what I'm hearing you say is like, selfishness is where you just want more for yourself. Sufficiency is like, I've got enough. And then there's service where it's like, I want more for the whole planet. I want to be able to, you know, give and serve and mm. do bigger and extend myself. So, I mean, Alicia, I could talk to you for hours <laughs> and, and, I, and I want to one day. I hope that we can <laughs> sit together and just talk like this. But I know you've got a crazy schedule and I've been gifted with this time with you. So I've got to ask you, these are my final questions, which are just one word to one sentence answers. So there are fast sections. So usually we have a fast five, you have a fast nine. So it's one word to one sentence maximum. No more than that. I promise to Maggie and the whole team, I will not digress. So here we go. You can discover your true essence by fill in the sentence. Shutting up. <laughs> I love it. Okay. Was not expecting that. Living, <laughs> we will have to unpack that when, when we talk next time. Uh, living your truth means. Living your truth means it makes you feel unbelievably good. We are all here to. Listen. I tell my younger self that you had it right all along. Oh, nice. I love that. Okay. A few more. A, a daily habit to finding your way to your authentic self. A daily habit, you said? Yes. A meditation. Beautiful. When reflecting on your life up to now, what are you most in awe of? Surviving. Beautiful. Okay. Last three questions. The one thing you want to give your children that you never received growing up? Access to their truth and their feelings. Beautiful. If you could create a law that everyone in the world would follow, what would it be? <laughs> That's a really damn good question. That's a good one. That's a good one. Um, that 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 you would have to get to know the person before you made a judgment about them. Oh wow, so good. I think that's the best answer we've had on that one. That's so good. I love that one. Okay, last question. What was your biggest lesson in the last twelve months? My biggest lesson in the last 12 months uh, that I can 1,000% trust and stand on my own. That's beautiful. Alicia Keys, everyone, so grateful. I've been a huge fan uh, and follower of your music for so many years, but reading this book made me fall even more in love with you. I think the way you share it, the way you describe the stories, I mean, each setting is so vivid and taking us back through your whole life in such a vulnerable and more importantly, intimate way is so powerful. Everyone, more myself, a journey, Alicia, please, 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 please go and grab a copy of this book. I'm going to be sharing excerpts on my Instagram. I'm going to be posting a ton about it because... I I love biographies, memoirs, autobiographies, and and this one without a doubt is one of my favorites that I've read. It just it goes so deep and it's so reflective and it's so beautiful. So please go and grab a copy of the book. I will, I'll be putting up the links in all of the podcast elements. Alicia, if there's anything I haven't let you share today or express, I want to give you the opportunity to do that because you've been so kind and so gracious and so open. Are you kidding me? This has been unbelievable I'm, I'm reverberating i feel so much light energy from this conversation you've definitely given me life thank you for that thank you for lifting me up thank you so much for this really beautiful intentional powerful 
exceptional conversation. I'm so honored to be a part of it. And, and I'm so, so, so blessed that we could connect to loving all this. So thank you with all my heart. This is really, really fun. Thank you, Alicia. I look forward to meeting with you when we can. And again, I was just going to finish with this, that I, listening to you talk, I realized my whole relationship with you, my whole life has been listening to your voice. So wow. this wasn't actually that different. And when I was reading the book, I could actually hear you read it, which was, which was pretty phenomenal. So thank you again for this beautiful experience and so grateful to you and the team and so excited for everyone to read this book or listen to this book if they listen to it on the audio version. So thank you so much. Yes, you too, Jay. You're the thank best. You. Have a great, great, great rest of your week, week and night and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you everyone for listening. What I'd love for you to do is any insight, anything that Alicia said that resonated, that connected with your hearts, that touched it, share it on Instagram, share it on Twitter, share it on Facebook. Tag us both in the post so that we can see what you're learning and what you're gaining. That was, without a doubt, one of the most deep and profound interviews that we've had. And I'm so grateful to have coming on. So please show her lots of love. Go and grab a copy of the book. And please go and share this podcast with so many people so that so many more people can find their truest, most authentic self and, and disconnect from the noise. Thank you so much for listening, everyone.